You're listening to A Sure Hope with Pastor Dave Shank of Calvary Chapel, Cape May in Cape May, New Jersey. Join us as Pastor Dave teaches verse by verse through God's Word. to our mind with a rational reason as to why we should trust in Him. Because there is everlasting strength. Isn't that what we all want? Don't we all want everlasting strength? Don't we all want to be strong in the Lord and the power of His might? Notice that verse, be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. I didn't say be strong in the Dave and the power of my might. No, that's foolish. That's foolish. Be strong in the Lord and the power of His might. His might is what I'm trusting in. I want His everlasting strength to be around me and surround me. We all want to be independent. It's something we take pride in, especially in America. But independence doesn't really fit in the ethos of God's kingdom. As Pastor Dave will remind us in today's message, to experience fullness and spiritual success, you must submit and trust fully in God's strength. Now, here's Pastor Dave in the book of 2 Kings chapter 16 as he continues his message, A Wicked King Receives the Greatest Prophecy. In him we can have peace. That's what Isaiah was telling Ahaz. He was telling him that you can have inner peace by believing in the promises of God. We too can have inner peace by believing in the promises of God. Faith in God's promises is the only way to find peace in the midst of trouble. It's a prime example of what we're going through. The news is nothing but gloom and doom. We've had to isolate and social distance. So where are you placing your trust? Where are you placing your hope? Are you placing it in the government? Or are you placing it in the Lord Jesus Christ? We live in perilous times, just like the people in Judah did with Ahaz. So where are you trusting? In whom are you trusting? Where are you looking for peace in the eye of the storm? Where are you looking for this peace? Turn to Isaiah 26. In Isaiah 26, the prophet writes these beautiful, beautiful thoughts of peace in verse 3 and 4. I'm going to read them. You, speaking of the Lord God, you will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. Trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. What a beautiful, beautiful passage. What a promise. Perfect peace. God's promise is that we can have this perfect peace. We be kept in this perfect peace in the midst of the storms of life. You know the Hebrew word, shalom. And this is the double shalom. It's shalom, shalom, perfect peace. I love it. It shows that when, when, you, when you read a double meaning, when you read in Hebrew a repetition, a repetition it communicates intensity. Shalom, shalom. It's intense peace. It's an intensity that comes out. Perfect peace. A lot of us can have this perfect peace. But doesn't it seem to be fleeting sometimes? Doesn't it seem to be comes and then it goes, comes and then it goes? Other people I know are just kept as solid right there in that perfect peace. But some people have a perfect peace. They think, but it's in the world. 
The world will never give you perfect peace. The world will never give you perfect peace. Peace of the world will lead to destruction. But there is a perfect peace that we can have in the Lord. And this is as I was studying it. This is why I knew it was for this time. How do we get this perfect peace? Well, it says, whose mind is stayed on you. Stayed on who? On the Lord. This is the place of perfect peace and the source of it. When we keep our minds stayed, which means settled upon, established upon the Lord himself. Then we be kept in perfect peace. It's a matter of the mind. This isn't so much our spirit and our soul or our heart. It's a matter of our mind. We are to love the Lord our God with all our mind, Matthew 22, 37. Paul says to be transformed by the renewing of your mind in Romans 12, 2. We can have the mind of Christ in 1 Corinthians 2, 16 and Philippians 2, 5. We're not to set our minds on earthly things in Philippians 3, 19, but to set our minds on things of above in Colossians 3, 2. The Christian life is not an unthinking life or just doing or experiencing, but it's also about thinking and where we set our mind in essential walk before the Lord. You know the verse in Philippians 4. You can probably quote it to me. Philippians 4. I think it's verse 8 in Philippians 4. Philippians 4, verse 8. Finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there is any virtue and if there's any praiseworthy, meditate on these things. And if I meditate on these things, what happens? Oh, yeah. The things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. The God of peace will be with you. You want to have peace? With your mind, meditate on the Lord. Meditate on the word of God. Allow that to wash over you and give you that peace that surpasses all understanding. That wonderful peace. This is perfect peace. This is the perfect peace of the Lord. But to be kept in this perfect peace, it's interesting, our minds must be stayed. And the word stayed, believe it or not, in Hebrew is sahak. Sahak. It comes from the word prop to lean on, to take hold of, to bear up, to establish, to hold. In Strong's Dictionary, it comes in other places and it can translate it like it's sustained in, in Genesis or being held up in Psalm 71 or to stand fast in Psalm 111, to be established in Psalm 112 or, or to leaning upon in Isaiah. So what sustains your mind? What keeps your mind going? What do you lay your mind upon? What upholds your mind? What, what does your mind stand fast upon? What's your mind established upon? I got news for you. If you watch too much news, that's what your mind's going to be stayed on. And that will bring you fear. That will bring you consternation when you're, you get all upset because of all the things that are coming out about it. This many dying, that many dying, this many affected, that many affected. How long is it going to last? And so on and so forth. If that's where your mind is, I can guarantee you don't have peace. I can guarantee you don't have peace. But if your mind is steadfast and immovable on the Lord, if your mind is into the word and you're thinking about him and, and your mind is stayed on him, that's where perfect peace is. And that's where perfect peace lies. Our mind must be stayed on the Lord. If our mind is stayed on ourselves or our problems or other people's problems or people who cause us problems or anything else, that's not perfect peace. 
This was the heart of the apostle Paul when he said that I may know him. Paul wanted to know him to the deepest sense he could possibly know him, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. That's what Paul wanted to do. Paul wanted to know Jesus in the best possible way he could. Is that your goal? Is that the goal that you have? Oh, I hope it is. I pray it is. I pray it is. Trusting in the Lord is another way of expressing the idea of keeping our minds on him. Almost always, you keep your mind on whatever you are trusting in. When you trust in the Lord, your mind is on him. All of you probably can recite with me Proverbs 3, 5. Here we go. Say it with me. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean out on your own understanding. Acknowledge him in all your ways and he will direct your paths, right? The word lean in Proverbs 3, 5 comes from the same root word as stayed in Isaiah 26. It's the same root word. When we trust in the Lord, we don't lean on our own understanding. To lean on, on the Lord is to trust in him. To be sustained by the Lord is to trust in him. To be established by the Lord is to trust in him. To be upheld by the Lord is to trust in him. You get the picture? <laughs> I mean, it's pretty obvious what I'm trying to say here. Battle is always in our mind. If we trusted the Lord, it will show in our actions, but it will begin in our minds when we trust in the Lord forever, because the promise is Isaiah 26, 3, and we're exhorted to trust in him forever. And therefore, we are to receive the blessings of the promise, which is perfect peace. In Yah, the Lord, is everlasting strength. The Lord calls us to rely on him completely with our mind, he appeals to our mind with a rational reason as to why we should trust in him. Because there is everlasting strength. Isn't that what we all want? Don't we all want everlasting strength? Don't we all want to be strong in the Lord and the power of his might? Notice that verse, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. I didn't say be strong in the Dave and the power of my might. No, that's foolish. That's foolish. Be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. His might is what I'm trusting in. I want his everlasting strength to be around me and surround me. All that to say, this is what the Lord was saying to Ahaz. But Ahaz didn't buy it. In God's eyes, those two nations, Israel and Syria, were nothing more than smoldering stubs of firewood. And they would be off the scene very soon. They would be gone because they're going to be carried away. They're going to be taken up by the Assyrians. If only Ahaz had believed the promises of God. If only Ahaz would believe Ahaz would believe the promise of God. He would have broken his alliance with Assyria and he would called the nation to worship in prayer. But he did not. He continued in unbelief. He continued on in his unbelief. See folks, there's always a choice. There's always a choice. You can trust in the Lord with all your heart or you don't. You can acknowledge him in all your ways, or you don't. You can believe all his promises in the book, which are yes and amen, or you don't. There's always a choice, and it's always our choice. It's always our choice. But if you're looking for that perfect peace in today, right now, if you're looking for that perfect peace you must trust in the Lord. 
You must trust in him with all your heart, knowing that he has a perfect plan for you, knowing that his love for you will never get any better than it is right now. And just because you don't believe his promises doesn't mean they're not true. So what does the Lord do? We're back in Isaiah 7. Thought I'd never get there, didn't you? The Lord, in all his graciousness, this is what's so confounding to me. And I don't use the word confounding in a weird way, but the Lord, here Ahaz is the most wicked king at the time of Judah. And yet the Lord is pouring out his blessings upon him. Why? Because of David. And he's pouring out his blessing upon him. And he pours out his blessing upon us. Why? Because of Jesus Christ. He's pouring out his blessings upon us. And so he's going to offer Ahaz a sign. He's going to offer him a sign. Look at verses 10 through 13. Moreover, the Lord spoke again to Ahaz, saying, Ask me for a sign yourself from the Lord, your God. Ask it either in the depth or in the height above. But Ahaz said, I will not ask, nor will I test the Lord. Then he said, Hear now, O house of David. It is a small thing for you to weary men, but you will, will you weary my God also? Wow. Prophet Isaiah, speaking on behalf of the Lord now, invites Ahaz to ask for a sign. God challenges Ahaz here to believe and be blessed. Ahaz didn't want it, and now he says, okay, how about a sign? Ask me for a sign. Ask me for a sign, and I'll show you. Ahaz says, I will not ask, nor will I test God. Now, right away, you probably think, well, that sounds pretty spiritual, Ahaz. Good job. Maybe you're thinking of Matthew 4, 7, where it says, you shall not tempt the Lord your God. And though the words are similar, the hearts are far apart. Ahaz refused to ask for a sign because when God fulfilled the sign, then he would be obligated to believe. And Ahaz would not believe. This was not tempting or testing God in a wrong way. It is never testing God to do as he says. If the Lord invites us to test him, we should. For example, in Malachi 3.10, the Lord invited Israel to give as he commanded, and thereby to prove me now in this. Again, perhaps Ahaz was bitter against the Lord because of all the disaster Judah had already sinned through because of Syria and Israel. Perhaps he was saying, I don't want anything to do with this God because all he does is give me bad things. I've known people who had that opinion of God, but it's sad. So Ahaz does not ask for a sign. But guess what? God being God gives him a sign anyhow. God being God gives him a sign. And to me, the reason why we're studying this right now is one of the most prophetic signs regarding the birth of the Messiah, Jesus Christ, in the Bible. It also illustrates for us the principle of prophecy, that prophecy may be both near fulfillment and far fulfillment. Let's look at the sign that the Lord God is going to give Ahaz. Therefore, in verse 14, the Lord himself will give you a sign. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel. Wow, what a beautiful 
beautiful, beautiful sign, a beautiful prophecy. But we talked about the double fulfillment, a fulfillment near and a fulfillment far. When, where prophets wrote as they were inspired by the Holy Spirit, they didn't understand the things they were writing of. They were just writing down what the Holy Spirit was telling them. Yet it had prophetic aspects toward the future. And much of prophecy is a twofold interpretation. They call it the near and the far, as I just said. And much of true prophecy. In fact, these men wrote these things, and Scripture says they didn't understand what they were writing, but they knew God wanted them to write it down, and they looked at it. They desired to know these things, but they did not understand it, but they wrote being inspired by the Holy Spirit. The near prophecy was a child was to be born, or before a child was born at the period was old enough to know evil, old enough to choose good or bad, to age of accountability, maybe 12 or 13 years old is what he was saying. Within 12 or 13 years, both Pekah and Rezim were going to be wiped out. They're no longer going to be reigning over Israel or Syria or Samaria. But the long-term prophecy, the long-term prophecy includes the birth of Jesus Christ. Turn with me to Matthew chapter 1. In Matthew chapter 1, you know the whole Christmas story, how Joseph and Mary were engaged and, and they were engaged to be married. And then all of a sudden, Mary was found with child by the Holy Spirit and Joseph wanted to put her away. Joseph wanted to divorce her and put her away. But the, the, the angel came to Joseph. And he says this in verse 23 of chapter 1. Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and shall so call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. So Matthew now takes this prophecy that was given many, many years before, and he applies it now to Jesus Christ. He applies it, and the Holy Spirit interprets the Scripture this way. He interprets that this prophecy of the virgin birth now applies to Jesus Christ. This is what it applies to. Now, there are many scholars who disagree with that. Many of them, unfortunately, or fortunately for them, whatever, are Jewish, and they don't believe in Christ anyhow. But they, they know that the word translated in Hebrew for virgin is a young maiden. And they say that this is not applicable. And sadly, some of the newer translations in the Bible have picked this up also. And they talk about a young maiden shall conceive. But that's not the prophecy. The prophecy is a virgin will conceive. And the Greek word that was translated by these scholars into the Septuagint, 200 years before Christ, they chose the Hebrew word with a Greek word can only mean one thing, virgin. And that God intended the virgin is obvious because of Mary. Therefore, the Lord will give you a sign. A virgin shall conceive Emmanuel, which is God with us. This beautiful, beautiful name. So that is the far interpretation of this prophecy. Yes, a child was born 12 years into the future of Ahaz. But the true meaning of this prophecy is the Lord Jesus Christ. He was born and what boggles my mind is this horrid king, this incredibly bad king who doesn't believe in God, who won't trust God in his promises, who, who just really ignores God, won't even let him give him a sign. But God gives him this wonderful, beautiful scripture, this beautiful passage of, of, of scripture foretelling 
the birth of the Messiah, the birth of the anointed one, the Christ, the son of the living God. Wow. Man, it's amazing. We see this magnificent plan of God's redemption for mankind, and he gives his prophecy of hope to this wicked king. God's going to keep his promise to David, whose line Ahaz came from. He's going to keep his prophecy to David because God cannot lie. God promises will never come back void. God will always keep his promise. And, and it, regardless of the activities of men, God always keeps his promises regardless of the activity of mankind. God cannot lie. He only speaks the truth. His word will never come back void. And you see this right here. This is a magnificent story when you got this unruly king who's not trusting in the Lord in the craziest of times. Before I ask you to go to prayer, let me leave you with this. In this days of this coronavirus, saints, brothers and sisters, where are you placing your trust? Where are you placing your hope? The sign has already, be, already been given. The virgin birth has taken place. His name is Jesus Christ. He is Emmanuel, God within, within us. God is with us, excuse me. And the word became flesh and dwelt among us. Jesus Christ is here. He is our redeemer. He is our Lord. And as we studied on Sunday, he is our God. My trust is in the Lord who made heaven and earth. Do you know trust in the Lord is in the scriptures almost 87 times? We read, it says, place your trust in the Lord. If you're seeking peace during this terrible time and you can't find it, I urge you to keep your mind and your focus on the Lord. Keep your mind focused on the Lord Jesus Christ. For he is our peace. We said that Sunday. He is our peace. And in him is that perfect shalom, shalom. In him is that perfect peace. Brothers and sisters, if you can't find that peace, if you're struggling today, call someone. Call someone. Don't wait for us to call you. Call someone. Pray with someone. Seek the Lord. Seek the Lord, call someone and pray with them so that the Lord would impress upon you his heart and that you might seek him and glean from him all that he has for you. He still has promises that he wants to expound to you. His promises are in his word. His promises are there for you. Seek him, please. Look to him. Seek him with your heart, with your mind, with your soul. Love him. If you're struggling today, please. Give us a call. We'd love to pray with you on the phone. Read ahead. Hope that you will join us. We love you. We really do. And we miss you terribly. We pray that you're doing well. We pray that the Lord is keeping you and blessing you and, and continue to work in you a, a mighty, mighty work. You are You've been listening to a teaching from the book of 2 Kings with Pastor Dave Shank on A Sure Hope. There's a theme that you notice throughout this book. A person's actions have consequences. In the case of the majority of kings in this book, it was evil actions that incurred negative consequences. Do you think God enjoys handing out consequences for sin? On the contrary, just as a parent would prefer willful obedience, 
God desires for people to seek after Him and follow what He says because it's best for them. When that isn't the case, it grieves Him to put forth discipline, but it's always with a heart for people to come back to Him for their good. If you missed any part of today's teaching or you'd like to listen to additional messages from Pastor Dave, visit AssureHopeRadio.com. Perhaps as you were listening, you realized that you have some questions about what you heard. We'd be happy to talk with you and provide some resources to answer your questions. Give us a call at 609-884-5821. That's 609-884-5821. In addition to that, you're welcome to email us at info at capewatchradio.com with any questions, concerns, or prayer requests. Would you rather talk to us in person? Then think about joining us this Sunday for a time in God's Word at Calvary Chapel, Cape May. Everything you need to know is on our website, assurehoperadio.com. Thank you again for taking time to learn from the book of 2 Kings today. We hope you'll join us again on Assure Hope.